0: Welcome to um, uh, the July cabinet meeting. Um, I will take item 15: um, the nomination of the Clubhouse Millibar 16, Cafe. No,
1: 16.
0: Uh, sorry, nomination item 16: nomination of the Black Horse Inn, White Roading as an asset of community value, uh, as the first. Uh, Agenda item, but you'll have to excuse us while we just go through the preliminaries, which is about point one to six, and then we'll go from there. So, um, and we have uh, three speakers, I believe, uh, who wish to speak to that. Um, So, first of all, apologies for absence and declaration of interest. Thank you, Chairman. We've had no apologies. We're awaiting Councillor Lodge. Councillor Parker?
1: If I could declare an interest as an Essex County Councillor Chairman um, for white roading and also in relation to things like the local council tax support scheme, which has an impact on Essex. Thank
0: you. Okay, thank you. Um, minutes of the previous meeting, are they an accurate record? Yep, yep. thank you very much indeed. There are two sets of minutes. And there are two sets of minutes. So that was for the meeting on the 24th of May. Um, are, is the um, minutes on the 12th of June? Are content with that one, Councillor Dean? Chairman,
2: sorry to be slightly slow on this. 24th of May, although I'm reported in CA3 as speaking, I'm not listed as being present.
0: Okay. Noted. Uh, So moving on to uh, the second set of minutes on the 12th of June. Accurate record? Thank you very much indeed. Okay, we will now go to uh, item three, questions or statements from non-executive members. There aren't any? Item four, matters referred to the executive by the scrutiny committee or by the council? Nothing tonight, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Item 5, consideration of reports from Overview and Scrutiny Committees, which I guess is the same answer. It is the same answer. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Anything to state from the Refugee Working Group?
3: Uh, Not at this time. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Thank you. (coughs) Okay, we (coughs) we now move to item 16, Uh, I won't repeat the title of that and there are three speakers uh, Councillor Mark Lemon David Bardell and Will Bostone so if you'd like to come up in that order um, and speak that would be excellent thank you
4: Thank you Chairman. Um, You will hear from the Parish Council and the Save the Black Horse group the many reasons why this public house should be made an asset of community value. The National Planning Policy Framework clearly states in paragraph 70 to deliver the social, recreational and cultural facilities and services of the community in its planning policies plan positively for the provision and the use of stored space, community facilities such as local shops, meeting places, sports venues, cultural buildings, public houses, etc. It needs to guard against the unnecessary loss of values of facilities and services, particularly where this would reduce the community's ability in its day-to-day needs, and ensure the established shops and facilities and services are able to develop and modernise in a way that is sustainable and retained for the community and ensure an integrated approach to considering the location of housing, economic use and the community facilities and services. If if white roading is to grow and remain a vibrant forward-looking community, it will need the Black Horse Public House to remain open particularly that it is in the centre of the village and has been used by so many local groups and they will continue to use this as a village meeting place. And I ask that you listen to the parish council and save the Black Horse statements and make the the Black Horse public house an asset of community value in white roading.
0: Thank you very much. Mr. Bardell,
5: thank you, Chair. The parish council registered its strong objection to the application made to change the use of the pub to a private dwelling, and we fully support the application for the pub to be designated as an asset of community value. This is the last remaining pub in the village, following the closure of the Wabone some 20 years previously. The grounds for our position are that if run properly by people with appropriate experience and enthusiasm, the pub could once again be a thriving commercial venture and would be a focal point for the village. As a council, we want to see the village with full a range of services as, pra- as is practically possible to serve the needs of all the residents, both young and old, now and in the future. Having a village pub enables local people of all ages to meet and socialise, encouraging community cohesion and acting as a vital link for those living on their own. As village amenities close or are run ineffectively it means that residents have to look outside of the village for more and more of the services and experiences they need. Local public transport is an option during core hours for those who do not have access to a car, but in the evenings and weekends that is not an option. We are also keen that our local youngsters have a place to meet up within walking distance in a safe environment that does not encourage unsociable behaviour. Local amenities also provide employment prospects for local residents without the added cost of travel or the inconvenience for parents, friends and family. Although we acknowledge that running a pub takes a lot of commitment, we are aware, aware from other villages that if you get the proposition right, especially providing reliable and affordable food and drink, then locals and others will use it. Within the village, we have a number of interest groups, the Gentlemen of White Roading, two book clubs, Cameo and the local shoot as examples, who would all like to use the pub for their meetings. If these have good experiences, the combined favourable feedback through word of mouth would be significant. We want our communities to have the best chance to keep facilities within our village. Over the next few years, there will be considerable house building within neighbouring towns. and We want to be attracting people out of those towns to use our facilities rather than our residents having to travel. We also want to be able to attract people to come and live in white roading and to build affordable housing there so that we can look after the long-term interests of our parishioners. The Parish Council fully supports this application. Thank you
0: Thank you very much. And finally Mr Blostone, thank you. I should have said, I don't think anybody has exceeded it but I should have said the time limit is three minutes.
6: Understood. Thank you. Uh, I represent the nominating group, the Save the Black Horse group. It's a voluntary community, community body made up of people with a local connection. Some members have lived in White Roaning for many decades, others have been welcomed uh, newly to the community. All are united in their interest in protecting this valuable community asset. Planning application for the change of use is currently being considered by Office of District Council. The Black Horse is at imminent risk of permanent closure. The sentiments of the Save the Black Horse group are manifestly shared by the wider local community. Uthlesford District Council has published on their website 84 representation letters received from individuals opposing this change of use. All are similarly themed. An objection from White in Parish Council and comments from Uthlesford Conservation Officer are also noted. Minutes from a 2007 White in Parish Council meeting uh, also, record consensus that the black horse should be added to the uh, ACV register. The pub is the only one in the village, a village with relatively few amenities, and the closure would be damaging to community life. Any, no- any, notion, that the public ha- um, any notion that the public house, um, the last one in the village, uh, sorry, excuse me, any notion that there's not demand for the public house in the village, the last one is firmly rejected. Many villagers are horrified and saddened at the prospect of losing the last village pub. There is much demand for a well-run and regularly open pub. The pub in the past has hosted community events including the local choir, it's thrown New Year's parties, held Easter events for children, celebrated Mother's and Father's Day with festivities. There's been quiz nights, sporting events, fundraisers for local schools and hospitals and also the White Road in Sports and Social Club. Interest groups, including the gents of White Roading, the book clubs, and Cameo, have in the past and in the future would like to utilise the Black Horse for their monthly meetings. Any failure of the current business, I believe, should not be confused with a lack of community demand. Failure of a business should not be allowed to permanently take away the future prospect of the village ever having a successful pub again. Um, The Black Horse should be put back at the heart of the community in White Roading. Current use and recent use. Furthers the social well-being and the social interests of the local community. It's very realistic to think that within the next five years, there could be a principal use that would further the social well-being and the social interests of the local community. I do hope that you consider these things when making your decision. Thank you very much.:
0: Thank you very much indeed. So um, we understand the title of the agenda item, Councillor Barker.
1: Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, I must admit I have um, had the odd half pint of whatever in this pump, a very nice pump it was. It has changed a bit since I was last in there. Um, thank you to our speakers for coming along tonight, and I think our last speaker summed it up that uh, one of the criteria under which we consider listing an asset is that there was a time in the recent past when actual use of the building or further land that was not an ancillary use furthered the social well-being or interest of the local community, and that it is realistic to think that there is a time in the next five years where there could be non-ancillary use of the building that would further the social wellbeing or social interests of the local community. That is the rules under which we have to um, consider a nomination such as this. Chairman, our papers tell us that this is a properly constituted group, that their reasons are, are sound, and I do feel that this asset meets the criteria on those grounds. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, it's clear it's taken into yes we, ha- we have, members have all seen the submission from the owners of the pub, thank you, as well as, yeah, that's good. So that has been taken into consideration.
0: So I have a proposer, do I have a seconder? Councillor Ranger? Councillor Howell?
7: I was going to speak uh, in support of the recommendation, um, but also to commend those people who are looking to ensure the future viability of their village pub having had a similar experience in my own ward three or four years ago when one of our pubs was at risk. um, I wish them all the very best in their campaign to ensure that it remains as a pub. I know that's not the item on the agenda tonight but I, I certainly would be very unhappy were we to see further losses of our rural pubs. They are few and far between. Sadly, in my own ward there are only three. Each of the villages has only one pub now. I'm not so old, old enough to remember when one of those villages had three pubs. Um, and it's very important we don't lose, in my opinion, the last pub in a village. Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. Councillor Redfern.
3: Um, I too am supportive of this, but, um, and I appreciate the um, gentleman coming along to speak. And it's but I would just like to say that it's it's great that there's lots of um, community groups that want to use the pub for their meetings and things. But actually, if you want to keep a pub, you need to spend your money in it. So I know we can't make that part of this, but that is the most important thing. If you want to keep your village pub, you have to use it. And I, I have the same issue in um, most of the villages in my ward have only got one, well, two of them have got two, but the rest have got one pub and and the ones under threat at the moment and um, people really don't appreciate it till it's gone and I think you need to be, part of your plan should be to make sure that you make people go there and spend their money. But I will support
0: it. Okay, so the recommendation is recommended for listing On the basis that there is a valid nomination and the current use of or there is a time in the recent past when the public house furthered the interest of the community and it is realistic to think that in the next five years the building could further the interest of the community, officers would recommend that the site be listed as an asset of community value. Uh, The nomination form in full and maps can be viewed on the website under currently nominated assets. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for coming along. Thank you. Okay, we will now go back to um, item 7 on the um, agenda um, which is report of delegated decisions taken by cabinet members. Uh, Are there any? No, in which case we will go to item 8 which is report on assets of community value determined by the ACV committee. It? Item 9, Budget Final Outturn. Uh, Councillor
7: Le- Leader, colleagues, um, this is my quarterly report, and this is the report that deals with the final outturn against Budget for 17-18. Um, a lot of content within this, and I won't speak in great detail, but I do want, if you don't mind, as normal, to pick out some of the pertinent points. First of all, the headlines are that, so far as the general fund is concerned, there was an underspend uh, of £1,529,000 after allowing for planned transfer to earmarked reserves. The housing revenue account had a net operating deficit of £13,000 and an overall in-year surplus of £2.981 million, and that's directly linked to capital project slippages, and the capital programme had an underspend of £10,253,000 after allowing again for slippages uh, of quite a substantial number, £9,979,000, and in fact there was an actual underspend of £274,000. The draft 17-18 statements of accounts are consistent with the results as reported here, Uh, and these figures were certified and signed off by the Director of Finance and Corporate Services on the 25th of May. Um, The full audit has been completed, um, and um, I open at this point to, to, to draw attention to the hard work and efforts of the finance team, and in particular led by Emma Horner, the finance manager, pulling this together. I'm pleased to be able to say that the draft accounts were published well before the new tighter 31st of May deadline. Um, so thank you and excellent result and uh, appreciation of, of the cabinet to, to the, your finance team. This is Knight. Um, this is the third consecutive year <clears throat> that we've achieved the um, uh, t- um, sign-off in time for this tighter timetable. Um, the full accounts are going to the governance, audit, and performance committee uh, on the 26th of July, and I'm sure that Councillor Oliver. We'll be reporting back to this committee in due course with with feedback from that meeting. Three recommendations for us to today. Um, Mrs. Knight always drops one of these in to make sure I read my my papers. There is an error that I do have to correct. The recommendation B is uh, paragraph 23, not 22. So with that amendment... <clears throat> the Cabinet is recommended to approve the 1718 outturn position as set out in the report, to, pr- to approve the reserve transfers and the reserve balances as set out in the report in paragraph 23 on page 25 for the general fund and paragraph 26 for the housing revenue account, and finally, C, to approve the capital program sli- slippage requests as detailed in paragraph 29. Um, I will, if you don't mind, speak to a few of the items of particular re- relevance here. Um, I think I probably want to simply refer to the details of Appendix A on page 29, which sets out a summary of the budget position. Um, the overall outturn position is a 1.529 million underspend. Um, I think I probably want also to make particular reference, as set out in section 14 of the report, The key factor here for the purposes of of this presentation and this report to you um, is the final underspend is due mainly to the increased investment income of £1,492,000 net of borrowing costs from the loan to Aspire CRP Limited. And this is a subject I've referred to on a number of meetings. The importance of that contribution to our finances, um, without which we would have Finished the year pretty well bang smack on target and so it's very nice to have an in-year surplus um, as a result of which we are able to make some transfers to reserves. Um, I need to refer you as we go along to the variances in the services as set out in Appendix B on page 30. There's an excellent table um, under section 16, which sets out the service variances over £20,000 and also the transfers into and allocated from reserves on that, in that table. Um, what else do I want to refer to you? I think I probably need to make reference to the Appendix C. On page 32, which deals with the uh, reserves, there's a total uh, reserve balance, as at the 31st of March 2018, both ring-fenced and usable, of £13,434,000, and the complete reserves position is set out in the appendix. Then we move on to the item of particular relevance to our recommendation, uh, under 23, which is the request that the underspend of £1,529,000 is allocated to reserves as follows. £750,000 to the new depot site and £779,000 to support the local plan submission process in 2018-19, including uh, legal advice and support moving on if you don't mind then I think I probably want to refer you to the table under section 26 which sets out a summary of the housing revenue account budget the full details of the outturn and variances are set out in appendix D on page 33 and then I need also to refer you to the capital program under section 29 um, and the various details set out in section 31 dealing with the general fund and the housing revenue account and an update on the various projects uh, and slippages accordingly. And then finally, have I mentioned the final item, which is paragraph 29, which is, uh, in accordance with the recommendation, the Capital Act term for 2017-18 showed a total spend of £10,192,000, against a budget of £20,445,000 giving a total underspend in the year of £10,253,000 and having noted those slippages to approve the details as set out in paragraph 29 that I think is the contents of the budget outturn for 17-18 thank you
0: thank you very much uh, councillor Howell Uh, do I have a seconder councillor Redfern thank you any comments Councillor Redfern uh,
3: I would uh, just like to um, pass comment on the slippages in the housing revenue account And um, that, uh, whilst they look significant everything is on budget it's just that different things have caused delays in the in the building project. Um, but I'd particularly like to mention um, Reynolds Court because I've, as I've been doing a lot of walking of late and from Newport, our uh, depot at Newport is a particularly good place to start. So I keep making my fellow walkers come back via um, Reynolds Court to have a look at how it's going. And I would strongly recommend that... Um, anyone else that happens to be driving through Newport goes and has a look because it really does look um, spectacular now and we have got the sedum roof on and it is changing colour with the, with the weather. Um, but um, I can assure you that it's not through lack of effort of trying to spend this money that we've got the slippages. It will be done.
0: Thank you. Any other comments? Okay. I have a proposer. I have a seconder. Uh, those in favour of the recommendation as read out carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 10, Treasury Management Outturn, 2017-18.
7: Thank you, Leader, uh, Councillors, colleagues. Uh, The Cabinet is recommended to approve the 2017-18 Treasury Management Outturn, as set out in Appendix A and the associated prudential indicators are set out in Appendix B of this report. Uh, you'll recall that the Treasury Management Strategy was approved by Council on the 23rd of February 2017. Um, Cabinet is required to receive an annual statement of the key Treasury Management activity and outcomes during the year. Um, there's a nice little narrative at the beginning which details what the Treasury Management uh, and the Council's finance functions covers. Um, dealing in turn with the main headline, headlines of the report, um, the Council's Treasury Management activity is underpinned by the SIPFA Code of Practice on Treasury Management and we are supported in our Treasury Management activities by our independent financial advisers, Arling Close Limited. There have been some very key items in the course of the year uh, that councillors will be aware of. The Council loans Aspire CRP Limited. £47,250,000 on the 3rd of May 2017 to purchase the 50% stake in the Chesterford Research Park and the terms of that loan agreement are set out in section 13 with a fixed interest rate of 4% per annum, no annual repayments interest only with a full repayment at the end of the 50 years. There was as set out under section 13 a subsequent loan of £223,000 And then under 17, uh, there was a further loan requested by Aspire in June 2017 for the sum of £60,000, which was repaid on the 31st of March 2018. Uh, You will also be aware and recall that on the 3rd of July 2017, the Council entered into a loan agreement with Phoenix Life Limited to borrow. £37 million pounds over 40 years to fund part of the investment of the purchase price of Aspire. Um, the initial tranche of that loan was taken out in the year, £10, pounds, 10, 10 million pounds on the 3rd of July 2017. Uh, and there are two further tranches, £12 million pounds on the 3rd of July 2020 and £15 million pounds on the 3rd of July 2021, the fixed interest rate um, for all three drawdowns is set at 2.86%. There's a helpful uh, summary um, that's on – let's move on, I think, probably. Under Section 18, um, there's a useful summary of the overall aggregate interest income we've received from our various investments and the interest paid Uh, Interest received on investments of 0.16% and interest uh, paid on borrowings of 0.33%. That excludes our borrowings on Aspire CRP Um, and the investment and borrowing activity in the period through to the 31st of March 2018 is set out in Appendix C on pages 55 to 56. And just to demonstrate that I do read these papers, under Section 19, I need to refer to a few small amendments. Um, the reference to five years should be ten years, and then the reference first reference to fixed should be variable, and uh, the reference to 25 years should be 20, and the reference to variable second reference uh, to variable should be fixed. So, to summarise, our initial structure of our HRA loans was that the first 10 years were on a variable basis and the subsequent 20 years are on a fixed basis and the lifetime of those loans are set out on the table at the bottom of page 39 under section 19. Um, right, What next? MIFID II, I think that's something that I need to make reference to. Uh, the Marketing Financial Instruments Directive, MIFID II, it's previously come to Cabinet. The initial structure of this was, to, was that we would have been classed as a retail client, but we had the opportunity to opt up to professional client status. We've done that, but I do think it's important for me to flag that one of the criteria for us uh, maintaining and retaining our professional client status is that we have to have an investment balance of at least £10 million, which we do uh, qualify and comply with, uh, but I think it's important to flag and note that point. I, I also think I need to draw your attention to the summary of our total borrowings uh, as set out in the appendix on page 45, um, our Total borrowings are, are net borrowings, rather, are 107 million pounds. But I'd make reference to the fact that that's only one side of the balance sheet, as it were. Um, there's detail on page 46 of our borrowing activity during the year. And then moving through the appendices, all very useful, but probably just summarising or giving you the detail that's set out in the accompanying report. Thank you.
0: Thank you, and. Um I'm not sure whether you read out the recommendation, but the Cabinet is recommended to approve the 2017-18 Treasury Management Outturn Appendix A and Associated Prudential Indicators Appendix B. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern, thank you. Any comment?
1: Chairman, um, just on the HRA account, um, I think it's, it, was, it was, seemed like a lot of money at the time. It certainly was a lot of money at the time. Um, and I, th- I think personally I'm pleased that we are starting to repay the principal loan. I know it's only £2 million out of £88 million, but it's a, a step in the right direction. It's a start and uh, you know, I'm sure many things will come over, over the first few years or the next few years but uh, whatever. Could I also ask um, I understand there's some legislation about us potentially being able to increase our borrowing cap if we so wished?
0: who would like to... Uh...
3: Um, I'm, well, I'm sure uh, Mr Harbour will correct me, but I'm not sure it's an increase to our borrowing cap. It's that there is an opportunity to bid for some money to provide additional housing, and, because, and it's, if you're in an area of particularly unaffordable properties, okay. which we are... And we are li- listed as one of the councils that are able to um, bid for this. But that bid has to be in by September, I believe. And so obviously, the team are working on putting something together because obviously we would like to uh, make a bid for that. But it's, it's not um, an increase to our cap. Okay, no thank
0: other, you. No other points. Those in favour of the recommendation? Carried unanimously, thank you. Item 11 is uh, Local Council Tax Support Scheme 1920.
7: Thank you, Leader, Councillors, colleagues. Um, there's a requirement to annually review the Local Council Tax Support Scheme and any changes to the scheme. And even if there are no changes proposed, then we still have to consult on this before the Council takes its full decision in December. Um, I say this probably every year, it seems to me that this is one of the decisions that the Council makes that has possibly the most scrutiny of any decision that we take, um, and in many respects rightly so. Um, The recommendation in front of us tonight is that the Cabinet is requested to review and agree the proposals for the 2019-20 Local Council Tax Support Scheme, and the consultation process as set out below in the report. Um, in, 2019, in 2019-20 it is proposed that the local council tax support scheme is set on the same basis as in 2018-19 and therefore the contribution rate is frozen for a fifth consecutive year that we continue to protect vulnerable and disabled residents and the carers on low income Uh, And in the one significant change I need to draw your attention to, the recommendation proposes that the empty homes premium is increased from 50% to 100% after two years of non-occupancy. If you don't mind, I will refer to the contents of the report in some detail, because this is a decision of significant importance to a number of our residents Um, As set out under Section 9, you'll see the number of recipients as at the 31st of March 2018. They exceed 3,000 across the district, Um, and so I think it's important that we fully understand, digest, uh, and appreciate the nature of the decision we are making here today, what we're going to be consulting on, and what I hope that Council will endorse and support in December. Pensioners on low income are protected from adverse change. Disabled people, carers and blind people on low income receive discretionary protection from adverse change. Working age people previously on full council tax benefit will pay no more than 12.5% of their council tax bill. child benefits and child maintenance is disregarded from any assessment and we have a hardship policy to provide additional support for genuine extreme hardship you cases D. You missed D so uh, missed D.
8: 25
7: pounds a week, so, sorry, a week uh, of our earned uh, wage income is disregarded Moving on to section eight, um, this sets out our contribution rate as set out by um, and comparing it to other neighbouring councils in Essex. And you'll see that at 12.5%, held for the fifth consecutive year, it is substantially lower contribution rate than any of our peer group. Uh, there's quite a useful bar chart to accompany the table um, on section 9 set it showing that there has been a general decrease in the number of recipients of local council tax support uh, in the lifetime of the scheme um, but there is a Other side to this, of course, that as the number of working-age claimants decreases, while this is very positive, it does mean that were we to undertake any changes, it would have a direct and greater impact on a much smaller group of people. The impact is effectively leveraged. As a way of illustrating what the cost of an increase in contribution rates might look like, There's a useful table under section 14 demonstrating what an increase from 12.5% to 15% 17.5% and 20% would mean to individual working age claimants. Um, I think I need to point out that we have an income sharing arrangement with Essex County Council um, and other preceptors um, that ensures that two posts are funded through this agreement to work directly in all areas of fraud and compliance with council tax. Um, and we'd expect that arrangement to continue. We also employ an officer uh, to ensure the efficient administration of the local council tax scheme. Uh, that officer works closely with people affected by the scheme to provide support in managing their payments. Uh, the full cost of local council tax support, both to Essex and the other major preceptors and ourselves, are set out on section 25. Um, and I think that Section 26 has quite a useful uh, forecast of what would be the likely cost to Uttlesford uh, based on extrapolating our current costs uh, and the year-on-year reductions we've experienced to date. Turning then to the empty homes premium, um, the premium has been introduced uh, in a bid to ensure that we... Do what we can to bring empty homes back into use. Uh, we are able to, to use the funds of the premium to keep housing uh, council tax levels down. Um, in 2013, government gave us powers um, to set our own charges, uh, and there is in currently going through the going through Westminster uh, process that allows councils to increase the premium from 50% to 100% for properties that have been unoccupied and unfurnished for two years. I need to draw attention to Section 31, which ensures that if the owner is living in armed forces accommodation or jobs-related accommodation, they are excluded. And this provision would not apply to annexes of other properties uh, which are being used as part of a main residence. Um, Finally, I think I probably need to make reference to the fact that there are 70 such properties across the district that attract this premium Um, then there are details set out of the consultation process Uh, I note that scrutiny considered this on the 18th of June at its meeting Um, i sadly wasn't able to attend that meeting so I'm happy to, to hear from councillor Dean the view of the scrutiny committee though I have read the minutes and I understand that they were supportive of the recommendation so uh, I'm happy to take questions or comments on the recommendation, but I so move.
0: Thank you. And you've read out the recommendation. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Barker, thank you. Any? is it just a question? Technically not, but we'll be charitable. You, you, you must come to the mic so that listeners can hear this.
7: It's just on the question
5: of the uh, empty homes. I just wanted to ask what is the, the, the definition that Councillor Howell uh, gave was that they are unoccupied and unfurnished. There is one in Newport where there is a registered voter and there is certainly something in the house. We believe it's, it's car spares he keeps in there and it's been un, unoccupied for, for 20 years. Does, does being a registered, having a registered voter there sort of somehow classified as occupied when
7: it's not uh, well, Councillor Hargreaves always comes up with a great question I can guarantee that I, I don't know the specifics uh, on this I do know that uh, but however Councillor Redfern does know the specifics of this
3: well I believe I do on this particular case and um, whilst the property is uh, has got someone registered they are also paying their council tax and um whilst we have a very uh tenacious officer on um, empty homes, as you will know from um, there's another property another property in uh, Newport that a particular person keeps on chipping away at, um, I do believe that one has already been investigated, and because they are paying. That they, they, they are paying their council tax, and they are intending to occupy, so they say that actually that we can 't f- follow it up any further, but i might be, I might be wrong, but I believe that 's the case i know I know well I think but we have we have gone th- gone through that, and I think that probably the thing to do is um, bring it back to the officer 's attention maybe in another sort of Six or eight months' time if it still hasn't changed. But I know that he did follow it up if, if we're talking about the same
1: one, but perhaps we can have a conversation later.
3: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Councillor um, Barker.
1: I, too, um, am on empty homes, um, but also on new homes. I represent quite um, a wide rural area, and when I go around delivering leaflets or visiting people or whatever I might do, I quite often come across properties that. I don't think exist anywhere, and we seem to have, round the backs of places, little barns that are being converted and little things that are being converted. And um, I am regularly reporting to revs and bends. You know, does this probably actually exist? Are you aware of it? Um, and I, I do think we need councillors to keep their eyes open when things happen and they don't remember seeing a planning application, and suddenly there's a new little dwelling appeared somewhere or something that was a garage has suddenly got converted and now it's been fenced off and, you know, there's never been a planning application. Um, and, you know, I can think of a house in White Roading. We just have representatives here from White Roding. Two people got married. They live in one house. They never sold the other one. And they don't want to sell the other one, but it does seem very sad when we're trying to build more and more houses that we've got, you know, properties in the city. The city, they're empty. So, you know, the more we can do and work with... These 70 owners even write them another letter warning them that the council taxes go to double and see if we can actually encourage them to think about moving them on.
0: Good, thank you. Councillor Redfern. Um,
3: I think it, uh, you're quite right, Councillor Barker, and I think if anyone has got anything like that, also to report it to... Um, at our empty homes officer, Craig. Um, but I think it's also worth bearing in mind, I'm trying to recall the figure exactly, but I did give an update on empty homes that have been brought back into use at, in a recent um, council meeting, and I think it was something like 168, yep. it was quite a significant it was around that number. Figure. I think we just need to bear in mind that, yes, there are some empty properties, and people, have, if they want to pay the money and keep them empty, yep. they have every right to do that. Um, but we do have, as I say, we do have an officer who is... Um, very um tenacious on this sort of thing and we as I say there were I'm sure it was something like 168 homes but we could all obviously that's something we could give an update at a uh, forthcoming council meeting.
2: Catherine just to confirm Chairman as Councillor Howells already said that the scrutiny committee did look at the this year's uh, report in June and um, according to the minutes it resolved to approve the draft proposals I think it probably means supported them um, as as set out by Councillor Howell I think the only other thing that hasn't been mentioned tonight which if I remember correctly um, came out of last year's or the previous year's discussion at Scrutiny is that the consultation is going to be combined with the wider budget consultation this year I think it's going to be simplified, the process is going to be simplified so I think that's worth noting okay, Thank, thank you. you, And that's,
0: that's confirmed
3: <laughs> Yes it is, they'll, they'll be sent out on the same um, two page pull out and we felt we might get more responses for everything then
0: Okay. Good, no other points? It's been read out, we have a seconder those in favour? Thank you, carried unanimously Uh, Item 12, Corporate Plan Delivery Plan 18-19 Quarter 1, Progress Update. Colleagues will be familiar because... uh, Thank you very much Mrs Knight. And and I echo uh, Councillor Howell's congratulations to your team. So if you can pass that on. Thank you. Um, So, uh, colleagues will be familiar because we have reported progress now for the last three quarters. Um, and um, you're very familiar with the corporate plan because uh, you signed it off earlier and it's been through Council. Um, Paragraph 10 highlights some of the areas where we've made good progress. I would actually just add one uh, other to that. On page 72 there's a programme to reduce social isolation, something that is um, of concern to us in a community that is broadly widespread and rural, Um, and uh, A couple of villages, and I think probably Ashton in particular, are trying to follow up the work of the Young Foundation uh, communicating in the village to see uh, how they can support um, areas of social isolation and we look forward to uh, reporting on the further progress of that. But otherwise you will have uh, read the um, the plan and the progress. Um, The recommendation is to note progress against the corporate plan delivery plan attached at uh, Appendix A. Um, I'm proposing to have a seconder, Councillor Ranger. Um, thank you. Um, and um, any questions? Those in favour of noting? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, which takes us to item 13, which is Members' New Homes Bonus Scheme 1718. Councillor Ranger.
8: Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, the report before our colleagues tonight is the 2017-18 year of members spend on their new homes bonus award scheme. And as the scheme has been worked now for some seven years, um, we're proposing some additional criteria for the ongoing scheme.
4: <clears throat>
8: the scheme was introduced in April 2018. Um, and the Council uh, determined that each year every elected member would receive a sum of money to spend in their ward. The intention being to aid groups and organisations to respond to a growing population um, where their membership may increase or they may need to upgrade facilities to meet current uh, expectations. The the range of good causes and local groups that have benefited from these awards is wide-ranging, and that's, um, there's an appendix in the paper which can give you uh, a, a broad idea of those um, initiatives that have been helped. We aim to keep the level as high as possible, but there are other demands on the new homes bonus that comes in, but we're maintaining it at 2,000 pounds. Um, We've got the total spend there for uh, 2017-18 of £57,366.75, and and that's set out in the appendix as well. Now, the current criteria, um, as I've already mentioned, uh, we feel there needs to be some adjustments, and since the paper has been uh, published, we've had a few representations on quite how the uh, new criteria should be worded. And uh, everybody should have a copy of the recommended revised criteria. Um, I will read them out for the benefit of the recording. The first criteria is that the award has to be spent for the direct community benefit of the member's ward.
1: Sure, could, on could I raise an issue on that?
8: You may, but I'd rather read that the okay. whole. and then everybody's got the full picture, if if, if that's possible, please, uh, Councillor Barker. So that's the criteria A. Criteria B, any unspent allocation can be carried forward to the following year, providing the amount is less than 50% of the allocation for that year. If it exceeds 50% of the in-year allocation, only 50% shall be carried forward. Criteria C, it must not commit the Council to expenditure in future years, Criteria D, the member must not have a disclosable pecuniary interest or a personal and prejudicial interest in the award of the grant and must declare any personal interest which is not prejudicial, all as defined in the Member's Code of Conduct. Possession of a personal interest which is not prejudicial will not bar a member from awarding a grant. And Criteria E, in election year, the money only becomes available from the 1st of June, that is, to the newly elected member, and there will be no carry forward from the preceding year in that instance. So there are the uh, recommended revised criteria, and I can take questions on those, Chairman.
0: So first of all, do we have a seconder? Councillor Barker, thank you. So, Councillor Barker.
1: Um, it's on that first criteria. It has to be spent for the direct community benefit of the Member's Ward. That presumably does mean that it doesn't need to be spent in the Member's Ward. That is what that says. Because what I'm looking at is a scenario like Dumbo where because most of Dumbo South is the old bit of Dumbo, all the community stuff is in Dumbo South. So whether it's the Scouts or whether it's the Brownies or whether it's the ATC or whether it's the Rowena Davie Hall, they're all in South Dunmo. So if you live in North Dunmo there are no sort of community facilities or anything up there. But the people there will use facilities in the south. So does that encompass that? So that whether it's in Saffron Walden or in Stansted or in Henham and if they I don't want it spent miles away. I don't want everyone to say that Henham and people go to Bishop Stortford to go swimming, what I'm trying to say was, would this cover that scenario where you're looking at Saffron Walden or Dumbo or Stansted?
8: I think the, um, it's, a, it's a very valid point, and I think the intention is that it does.
1: Okay.
8: Um, we used to have an understanding that um, we could share across walled boundaries. Um, and I know, in fact, in Dumbo, we have done that in the past. We have jointly, and we have proposals in this current year to do exactly that. Um, So I'd I'd like to ask Mr. Pugh if he may give us some guidance whether we need to add any additional words.
0: We we will ask Mr. Pugh but uh, I've had that conversation because this matter has been raised previously and I think, uh, I hope Mr. Pugh will say that in areas like Saffron, Walden and Dumbo that it is in order that uh, the, the Area is covered. Not that if um, you live in Chesterford, you can support something in no. South and Walden, but uh, if you live in South Dunmore, you can support North Dunmore, vice versa, and similarly in South and Walden. But Mr. Pugh.
4: Yes, that is the intention. And uh, the, the current criteria, one of uh, criteria A, is it has to be spent in the member's ward, and that seemed too restrictive. And uh, certainly cooperation between different wards for mutual benefit is, seems very sensible. Thank
6: you.
0: Uh, Councillor Redfern, then back to Councillor Barker.
3: If I could just ask that um, when this comes forward in the future, um, it's listed, the Appendix B is listed in alphabetical order um, and w- of the member, but when you read it, it looks like, because obviously I'm a two-member ward and we're a C and an R, and so it looks like... Robert's very kindly spent all his in one place, and I've spent mine all in Chesterford. Whereas, actually, it is a, we're a team, and although we haven't asked for it to sort of be listed together, I do think it, it would be nicer if it was listed by ward rather than by member. Just for future reference. Yeah, I think that's Thank a fair you, point,
0: Council. because in, in some instances it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Uh, Councillor Barker, then Councillor Dean.
1: Um, Chairman, there is one entry on here which is a bit odd, which is some money being spent on resurfacing a road. Um, Essex County Council is responsible for roads. Uckfield um, District Council is responsible for roads, and I do wonder if there's an explanation why we spent money resurfacing a road. I
4: think I know the answer to that. My my understanding is that it's a a, a private piece of road in front of some shops, and the issue was access by local residents who were having trouble actually getting safely to the shops. And so it was something that wouldn't be Essex County Council's responsibility, but um, uh, I think the parish chipped in and uh, helped to make sure that there was proper service so people could park safely and and, uh, also um, help with the viability of the shops. That's my understanding. If it's the same one,
0: Councillor Dean.
2: Yes, thank you, Chairman. I'd just like to clarify the meaning of subparagraph C, where it says, must not commit the Council to expenditure in future years. I'm interpreting that to mean that, you know, if you're spending £500 on something, then that's not going to require it to be funded at £100 a year for the next 10 years to keep it going, rather than... um, I mean we've talked first of all we've talked about carrying things forward the form at the moment says when will the money be spent so one might allocate something this year that's only going to be spent in let's say two bytes one year and the next year by the organization that's receiving it I just want to make sure that
0: or I would like to clarify what that means so um, the the, uh, the officers are fairly tolerant in terms of if you don't hit the deadline of the year as long as uh, there's a clear intention and a plan to spend the money what this means is that the project isn't recurring which it shouldn't be because most of these are capital items anyway they're not income items so I will spend a thousand pounds on project X which will require a thousand pounds the following year the following year and the following year and uh, therefore there's a future commitment. In other words, it, does, it, it refers to
2: not, there must not be a commitment to further expenditure beyond what's been granted. That, that's the key thing. Yeah. Maybe the words could be just slightly tightened up, okay. just to clarify that. I mean, I, I mean, just as an example, my my own um, report here shows that I've. I've underspent by £700. That's not correct because, in fact, I've allocated £700 to something which comes up on your agenda later this evening. Uh, And and in any case, um, you can carry £700 anyway. Well, I I recognise that, but had it been, let's say, £2,000, it had already been allocated or it had already
0: been assigned...
2: But the money isn't actually going to be used until this year. In that particular and there, is, there, case.
0: there is some of that in, in worst case examples than yours. But, right. um, Councillor Howell.
7: Yeah, I, I was going to make broadly the same point, which is that clearly when you go through a table like this, it's a fairly blunt instrument. And there are, I know from talking to various people, money that is proposed to be carried over into the, this year. Projects that need the money at a certain point and it doesn't necessarily fall into our financial year. And so it's important not to just read these these figures and and assume that somebody's not spending their money. And in fact, that's not the purpose of the Members' New Homes bonus. And it's really important to focus on what a fantastic collection of projects as a community we, all 39 councillors, have been able to support over the last... Seven, eight years since the scheme was first put in place, um, I've been immensely proud of the work that my community have put into so many projects and the small financial contributions that I've been able to make towards their efforts um, are frankly pretty minor compared to the hard work and effort that they put in. But it is, I think, a really important way of being able to support um, some really good organisations. It's a great initiative. I'm pleased that we've been able to support it over an extended period of time. I'd like to hope that we can continue to support it on the same similar scale going forward.
0: Now, uh, echo all those sentiments, but it is £78,000 worth of public expenditure, so we do need to have some degree of control over that. So I think what we're doing is appropriate. Councillor Barker, then back to Councillor Dean.
1: Um, Chairman, yes, I, I, the final um, amendment to the criteria which I asked to be added, which is that uh, no money is carried forward at the end of a four-year term, I think is quite right. If I don't get re-elected and somebody else, why should they have my money? You know, sort of, you know, I know it's not my money, but it it's sort of seems a bit strange, and I think it would be right that we have a cut-off. And I'd quite like to ask Councillor Ranger to either bring back to Cabinet... Or council, or somewhere, at the end of the year, a report on where we are. Or alternatively, just to email all members and remind them how much they've still got unspent and that they do need to spend it by by March.
8: Yes, I'll certainly do that, but I'll be doing it early because I'll be um, noting to members that uh, as it's an election year, we go into perda before. Um, yeah, they well, realise end it. of
1: February. Yeah. Yeah, you okay.
0: can't spend this money in Perda so it's a, uh, that's, that we need to highlight that uh, by you know in, in the autumn of this year, so people are planning ahead. Any other questions? Yes, yeah, sorry, Councillor Dean. I would just like to uh,
2: ask about the process uh, that would relate to item or condition D, which is about declarations of interest, because at the moment there's no mechanism for doing that. So I assume that the bureaucratic paperwork that we complete, uh, will that will be an additional item to be added into there because it doesn't exist at the moment.
0: Yes, and I would very much hope that this will be light touch, but um, um, in nine out of ten cases this is not a, a, an issue, but just to make sure that there is no confusion, um, then I think it's right that we have this in. I am aware of... Uh, instances, not necessarily in this council. So um, it's it's worth doing that. Okay, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. So item um, 14 is PCSO match funding,
8: Councillor Ranger. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Yes, at long last... Um, we have reinforcement of the good news that we are um, getting close to ex- extending our PCSO presence across the district. Our current strength is two that we, the council, uh, fund 100%. We have one that uh, is supplied by Essex Police for Braintree and Atlas for works out of our hub here in Saffron Walden. And one further one, as yet the vacancy that Essex Police are trying to fill. So we have, the Council has agreed to fund uh, an additional uh, resource. And at the um, September Parish Forum, we asked councils to um, talk amongst themselves and establish clusters for um, us to consider joint match funding. I'm pleased to say that um, we have now, as you can see in the recommendation, we have an agreement going forward with Stansted, Henham and Elsnem as a cluster and also an agreement going forward with saffron Town Council, which in itself is equivalent to a cluster, if you like, in terms of population. So the uh, situation is on the um, Stansford-Elsdham and Henham cluster we have a meeting set for next week with representatives from those councils and with the Inspector Cox and myself and Fiona Gardner and we will be um, setting down the criteria of how the, um, the system will work. The recommendation is that we enter into a two-year PCSO joint funding agreement with the stansted henna cluster, that the Council enters into a one-year agreement with um, Saffron Warden Town Council, both of those agreements to start no earlier than the 1st of October 2018, and that the draft 2019-20 budget is increased to cover the remaining six months funding for a second PCSO. Um, as we We're under pressure to allocate an amount of money for this um, initiative. Um, The fact that we've got to um, October before we will be starting at the earliest, um, what we have in the budget is sufficient for this year, but we will need to look at the um, recommendations for the budget for the following year. I think that covers all of the matters that members... um, May want to note. I mean, there's plenty more information on the paper, but I'd make that recommendation and I would happily take questions, Chairman. Thank you. Do I have a seconder?
0: Councillor Barker, thank you. Um, Councillor Barker.
1: Um, on a, an associated matter, can you remind us how many new community officers are being allocated to Braintree and Uttlesford? By the end of the financial year, we've heard 150 extra officers across Essex. Is it a figure of nine supposed to be coming to Braintree-Nuttlewood?
8: is the order of the number, yes. Okay, thank you.
0: Any other comments? Councillor Dean? Well, I, th- I rather think this idea
2: spun out of something that occurred at scrutiny some time back, so I can speak <laughs> wearing that hat uh, and welcome Uh, this this proposal both from a district point of view and also from my own uh, ward point of view of Stansted Uh, I'm pleased that the three parish councils have managed to come up with a scheme. I hope that the meeting next week is successful and that it can all be put into effect in the autumn. Yes. Wonderful.
0: Good. Okay. You've heard the recommendation. It's been um, proposed and seconded. Uh, I, I have to add my own congratulations. I think this is an excellent initiative. Um, and it's another important contribution to the um, Community Safety Partnership and the work that it does. So, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Agenda item 15, which is the nomination of the Clubhouse, Millibar, Café, Ancillary Buildings and Car Park, Andrews Airfield as an asset of community value. Councillor Barker, we have heard this one before, or part of it. (laughs) Thank
1: you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, yes, the subcommittee met in January to discuss this. At this point, this nomination included all the land at Andrews Field as well as just the Clubhouse and the Car Park. And at that point in time, we didn't think the whole of the land was an appropriate allocation however what we do have now is as you'll see on your map it is just the clubhouse and the and the car park that are currently in use Um, chairman the it is a valid nomination from stevia parish council Um, the buildings have been in use in the recent past they are currently in use and i see no reason to believe that there's any reason they shouldn't be in use in the next five years so under those criteria it meets the criteria for nomination, that's it, community value.
0: So, just to remind uh, listeners or to inform listeners, the recommendation is recommended for listing on the basis that there is a valid nomination and the current use of, or there is a time in the recent past when, the clubhouse, cafe, ancillary buildings, and car park furthered the interest of the community. and It is realistic to think that in the next five years, the building could further the interest of the community. Officers would recommend that the site be listed as an asset of community value, and the nomination form in full and maps can be viewed on the website under currently nominated. Assets. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Ranger, thank you. Any comments? Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. We've dealt with item 16, so moving on to item 17, endorsement of local energy east strategy. Councillor Barker.
1: Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, this is, this is good news. This is... Well, we already do lots of good things with energy in Uttlesford and uh, thinking of a few that we do, um, our local plan has a new policy about car charging points. We work with the County Council to introduce uh, charging points for the public. We have put solar panels on our properties. Uh, We've been involved in energy switch programs and, of course, we've built a number of of passive houses as well. Um, Some of Councillor Redfern's portfolio, we've insulated houses from the outside, inside, upside down and we've sought grants where we can to, to improve our own stock. Um, Chairman, the Local Energy East strategy and endorsing this and joining other local authorities will enable us to access people and money and work-up plans and things that will save energy in the future and help us build a better, greener place. And um, the organisation that is referred to within this, uh, the BEIS-funded Local Energy Hub, that is a two-year funded programme. It is people, it is a resource that we can use to help us Gain funds and to work out plans. So it, it's a good news story. Stuff we're doing as we build garden communities, as we improve our own housing stock. Um, good news story already, So we're just being asked to endorse the strategy.
0: Good. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Redfern,
8: thank you. Anybody wish to talk on this? Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Uh, Councillor Barker mentioned um, in, in the work that we've done as a council with the insulation of solid wall properties. Um, we're now embarking on a, a programme of um, cavity wall uh, inspection, um, whereby some of the older properties where the cavity insulation may have failed, and we are going, there's a, a scheme for funding for that. Um, we're concentrating on those that are oil fired to start with and working our way through the uh, property portfolio. Excellent news, very good news.
0: Okay, Councillor Redfern. Um,
3: could I ask if th- these um, sort of initiatives will be taken into consideration in the local plan as far as new homes are concerned, please?
0: They will. Uh, well, I, I, actually, I say they will. I'll turn to Mr Harborough, but the answer is uh, clearly um, energy efficiency uh, is a key aspect of design, which is a key aspect of the new properties within the local plan. Mr Harborough, do you want to comment?
4: Just, just to confirm that it is something that
5: the policies in the local plan do address, yes.
0: Good, thank you. So those in favour, carried unanimously, thank you. Uh, item 18 is any item the Chairman considered urgent. I don't have any urgent items tonight, so the meeting is closed at 8.10. Thank you very much indeed.
1: Thank you, Chairman.